You're listening to Brains On, where we're serious about being curious. Brains On is supported in part by a grant from the National Science Foundation. Mark, is it done? Yeah, Mark, is it done? We want to see it. Yeah, we want to see it. Please, 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 please. Hold on. Keep your eyes closed just one second longer while I finish. One thing. And there. Okay, now you can see it. Feast your eye holes on the Explorer. Ooh. Wow. Obviously, the Explorer stands for Extremely Practical Land and Ocean Rover Exploring Remote Realms. Obviously. So obvious. Wow. Mark, this vehicle is stunning. Is that a drill on the front? To tunnel through the earth. And are these wings? For flying in the sky. Oh, look, skis. Yeah, for snowy roads. Fins? For diving underwater. Wow, Mark, you thought of everything. Yeah. Ah, this will be the perfect vehicle for our ultra epic, super surprising, total planet road trip. This is gonna rule. Yeah, it better rule. We're going to turn our adventures in the Explorer into our next book, Road Trip Earth. So I figured we need to see all of the Earth. Ooh, check out the cockpit. There are so many buttons. What does this one do? That one gives you a taco. See? Emergency taco dispenser. Nice, Mark. Hey, how about this button? Also a taco. And this one? Oh, it was another taco. And this one? Taco! Mmm, <laughs> dashboard tacos. And this one? Sandin, I'm going to take a wild guess and say every one of those buttons leads to more tacos. Not this one. <clears throat> This one gives you salsa. Hi, friends. Are you ready to hit the road? Whoa, this vehicle is so cool. Is that a radar? And bunk beds? And oh, man, it has taco buttons? Yes, please. How did you know that was a taco button? Doesn't every car have a taco button? Hmm, tastes like it was cooked on the engine. Man, you all are going to have so much fun. Too bad you can't come too, Manica. Yeah, but someone's got to hold down the fort and make sure Bob doesn't start alphabetizing the contents of the studio again. It makes it really hard to record an episode when the headphones are up by the hanging plants or when the microphones are over by the mirror ball in the ceiling. And I overheard Gungador talking about how he wants to turn Elevator into a mobile home gym, and she would not be happy about that. Plus, you know, whenever we're not around, Harvey just starts online shopping to fill the void. We're still finding new homes for all those lava lamps you ordered last time. Yeah, it makes sense, but we'll miss you. We'll make sure to call you from the road. And we'll definitely bring you back some super sweet souvenirs. And thank you so much for hosting the show while I'm gone. You're going to be amazing. Oh, thanks, Molly. All right, big group hug, everybody. Before we go, bring it in, bring it in. See you soon. Safe travels. Bye, Manica. So long. <clears throat> uh, Manica, just wondering, are you using the studio this afternoon? If not, I'd love to get in there and do a little... Oh, yeah, Bob, I do have a taping in there today. In fact, Anato will be here any minute. Why don't you go ahead and alphabetize Molly's socks? Oh, great idea. Should I alphabetize by color? Uh, material? Oh, maybe material first, and then within each material, uh, color and pattern. 
So we'd start with the alpaca wool socks. And then within the alpaca category, it'll go to aubergine, beige, cream, denim, emerald green, forest green. You're listening to Brains On from APM Studios. I'm Manika Wilhelm, and my co-host is Anata from Silver Spring, Maryland. Hi, Anata. Hello. This episode was inspired by a question you sent to us. Yeah, my question was, how long will it take for me to walk around the world? And by the end, how old will I be? I love this question. Do you remember what made you think of it? Uh, yeah. I was just thinking about time and how cool it was. And then I thought, well, walking around the world should take a long time. So how long would it take, really? Yeah. And when you thought about that question, were you thinking it would sort of be in the range of like weeks or months or years? Did you have an idea of how long it would be? Maybe a few months. Do you know where you'd want to stop? Like which route you'd want to take? Uh, maybe straight up and then to Canada, because I don't think you can walk on water. That is definitely the tricky part about going around the earth. Do you feel like you like walking enough to go all the way around the world? Not at all. <laughs> what kind of walks do you do in your normal life? One hour to two hour walks usually. That's a really long walk. Yeah. You could definitely be on your way to walking around the world. And we asked our listeners what spots they would want to make sure they saw on their walks around the world. Here's what they had to say. Hi, Brinzon. My name is Amanya. I'm 10 years old and I live in Delhi, India. If I was walking around the world, I would definitely visit NASA in Washington, D.C., America. My name is Amna. And I live in Dover, New Hampshire. The place I want to visit is Asian historical classes in Ethiopia. Hi, my name is Amalia, and I want to go to Australia. Bye! Hi, my name is Jack. If I walked around the world on my bare feet, I would stop in Sweden to go see Mojang Studios. My name is Asha, and I live in Potomac, Maryland. If I could walk around the world, one place I would have to see would be the Amazon rainforest so I could see and discover new birds. If I was walking out around the world and I had to stop to see one place, I would definitely stop to see the Eiffel Tower in Paris, France. Hi, my name is Ingrid from Pennsylvania. If I was going on a really, really long trip across the world, I will go to Rabbit Island in Japan. My name is Ellie, and anywhere I want to walk around the world is to visit the Great Wall of China. Hi, my name is Liam, and I'm from Granby, Connecticut. And if I could walk around the world, I would definitely visit the volcanoes in Hawaii. My name is Bellamy. I'm from Fayetteville, Arkansas. If I were traveling around the world, I would make sure to visit the beautiful island of Sri Lanka. My name is Julian, and I live in Delaware. I would swim in the cenotes of the Yucatan jungle in Mexico because I can swim underwater, not on top yet, and I'm really interested in cave diving. Thanks to Amanya, Emmett, Amalia, Jack, Ellie and Liam, Ashra, Brayden, Ingrid, Bellamy, and Julian for sending in those cool sights. All right, Anata. So being able to see all of those spots would take a lot of walking. So let's answer your question about how long it would take to walk around the world. 
To answer it, we've got to do a little math. So first, let's look at a globe. You'll see there's kind of a line right around the Earth's middle, and we call that line the equator. The equator is kind of like the Earth's belt, but it's not holding up pants or anything. That's right. We all know the Earth doesn't wear pants. But anyway, let's just assume you walked in a straight line around that equator. And let's just pretend for simplicity's sake that you can walk straight through the mountains and over the oceans and everything. Like I'm some kind of walking wizard. Oh, and that's uh, the ambler. There's magic in my stride. I like it. Okay, so at the equator, the Earth is approximately 24,901 miles around, and the average person walks three miles per hour. So let's say you're walking 24,901 miles at a pace of three miles an hour. That means we just need to divide 24,901 by three to get the number of hours it would take. Exactly. So I'll do the math, and the answer is 8,300.33 hours. 0.33 hours? So that would be like 20 minutes? Yes, exactly. It would take you 8,300 hours and 20 minutes to walk around the Earth's belt at a speed of 3 miles an hour. But honestly, 8,300 hours is kind of hard to make sense of. So let's talk days. There are 24 hours in a day. So if you divide 8,300.33 hours by 24 hours, you get 345.85 days. Round up and you get 346 days. So Anata, if you didn't stop, didn't sleep, and walked around the equator, which would mean walking thousands of miles across the ocean, all of which is no problem for a walking wizard. Of course, given all that, it would still take you 346 days to walk around the world. And that's just a little less than a year. So you'd be a year older than you are now, Ananta, which would be... 10, 10-ish? Got it, so you'd be 10. So if you left on January 1st, you'd be back where you started on December 13th, which is a long time to be awake. So let's get real. Magic and wizardry aside, it's just not possible to walk around the earth that way. Not for me. Huh? Who are you? I am Walkman. I never sleep, I never stop, and I can walk on water. Wait, are you a wizard or maybe a robot? Who knows? I just walk. That's what's important. See, I got this inflatable treadmill with wave stabilization. And a waterproof bubble that envelops me. That protects me from getting water in my ears. I mean, wow. And to pass the time, I listen to my favorite cassette tape on my Walkman. You only have one cassette tape with 8,300.33 hours to kill? Walkman is off to walk around the world. See you in 346 days. Yay! Bye, Walkman. Anyway, as I was saying, walking roughly 24,901 miles around the Earth in 346 days isn't humanly possible. But there's more than one way to get across the globe. Who says you have to stick to the equator? You could map a different route, find shelter to sleep in, and feed yourself along the way. 
Right. If you do that, then it can be done, and it has been done. Here to tell us more about an amazing adventurer who's made that journey is our friend, Rosie DuPont. Hi, Rosie. Hi, Manika. Hi, Anata. Thanks for the intro. And yes, I'm here to tell you about another Rosie, Rosie Swale Pope. She's a writer and adventurer who has sailed solo across the Atlantic in a 17-foot sailboat, trekked 3,000 miles through Chile on horseback, and walked and ran around the world. If anyone can answer the question, how long would it take to walk around the world? Rosie can't. So I decided to give her a call. Hello, Rosie. Hello. How are you? Well, I'm um, kind of been a, a wild night, but uh, you know, sort of preparing and with storms and everything. But I am fine, and here we are. Rosie took my call from a campsite in Brighton, England, on a cold, rainy January afternoon, where she was training for a journey and living out of something called a jog pod. It's a shelter she takes with her on her adventures. There's a red, bouncy little cart. It's 10 foot long, and it's uh, four foot wide. And I do everything in there, cooking, cleaning myself. And also, I have many visitors, like animals coming in. It's got a harness that she slips over her shoulders and a belt that fastens around her waist so she can pull it behind her as she runs. My home follows me everywhere I go, and it's amazingly neat and comfortable, too. Rosie traveled with a cart like this on her journey around the world. Today, she is 75 years old. But her trip around the world began on her 57th birthday. She set off on October 2nd, 2003, on a route no one had ever taken before. The route I took was from my own hometown, Tenby, to Harwich, and then from Harwich across Holland, Germany, Poland, Lithuania, Latvia, Riga to Moscow, and then all the way through Russia. Siberia, and then Alaska. Then I ran all the way to New York, and then to Nova Scotia, and then to to Greenland, and then to you know, Iceland, and then back home down the length of Britain to my own front door again. Whew. It took her five years, and she covered 20,000 miles. That's around 1,826 days on the road. She survived on simple foods like olive oil, muesli, jam, and buckwheat, and went through 53 pairs of shoes. Sometimes it had to last for a thousand miles because I was so remote. Other times it would just be a question of not having any shoes except normal carpet slippers or something. <laughs> Running is hard. Running in slippers across Siberia? Almost unbelievable. The journey was difficult. So difficult, I had to know why she did it. I was inspired to run around the world because I believe you need to fight darkness with light. Rosie's journey was fueled by a desire to, as she described it, highlight the preciousness of life. She decided to make the journey shortly after her husband passed away, and she said it gave her a sense of purpose. Along the way, she raised money for cancer awareness and an orphanage in Russia— and when I asked her how she started each day on the road, she said, Opening my eyes and saying thank you for the day. Whether you're running around the world or just waking up for another school day, saying thank you is a really amazing way to start the day. And feeling grateful requires courage sometimes, especially when you're spending years of your life trekking solo through thousands of miles of wilderness. 
Wow, that's incredible. So Rosie Swale Pope traveled 20,000 miles around the world, and it took her five years. What do you think about that, Anata? What surprised you about Rosie's story? Uh, that's really cool. Something that surprised me that 50 pairs of shoes? It's a lot of shoes, yeah. I had never heard of a jog pod. Me neither. So that was quite a surprise for me. Would you want to do a journey like that one day? Maybe. Probably not. It would be a big undertaking. But I bet Rosie has some amazing stories from her travels. True, true. Oh, yeah. She definitely does. And we'll hear some of her wild adventures right after this. It's time for the... Here is the mystery sound. Hmm, that sounds like ruffling a paper or something. Should we listen to it again? It's pretty short. Yeah, I think so. Maybe somebody putting stuff in folders or getting a work desk full of papers. Neat. Mmm, so straightening papers? Yeah, sure. That's a great guess. And you'll have another chance to guess a little later in the show. We're working on an episode about worms, and we want to know, what would you name a pet worm? Anata, what's your answer? Sir Wormus. <laughs> Sir Wormus is a great name. <laughs> You can share a recording of your answer with us by heading to brainson.org slash contact. And while you're there, you can also send us your mystery sounds, drawings, ideas, and questions. Like this one. Do spiders have ears? You can hear an answer to that question on the Moment of Um podcast. It's a brand new podcast we made to provide bite-sized answers to your awesome questions. Search for Moment of Um wherever you get your podcasts. Molly, Mark, and Sandin are on the road right now. And you can read all about their journey in the new Brains On book. It's called Road Trip Earth, and it's full of fascinating facts and colorful comics all about our incredible planet. Plus, you'll see the sights with Molly, Mark, and Sandin and meet some amazing creatures along the way. The book comes out March 1st, but you can pre-order right now by heading to brainson.org. It's a great way to support our show and get an awesome book. Again, that's brainson.org. And thanks. Today's episode is sponsored by Sitka Seafood Market. Seafood is a great source of long-chain omega-3 fatty acids, which can support heart health. Salmon is one of my favorite foods, and so it's so delightful when a box of amazing quality, beautiful salmon arrives at my door. Sitka Seafood Market sources from small boat fishermen and community-based processors that take great care to provide the highest quality seafood that is wild-caught, sustainably, and ethically harvested. And one of the best parts is Sitka Seafood Market offers a variety of flexible subscriptions that can come monthly or every other month. It's super convenient, so if you're going on vacation, you can pause or you can cancel any time. I know you'll love it as much as I do. Go to SitkaSeafoodMarket.com and use code MOLLY35 for $35 off your first order of $100 or more. 
That's SitkaSeafoodMarket.com, promo code MOLLY35, for $35 off your first order of $100 or more. That's SitkaSeafoodMarket.com. You're listening to Brands On from APM Studios. I'm Anata. And I'm Manika. Our pal Rosie DuPont is telling us about the epic solo journey that another Rosie, Rosie Swale Pope, took around the world on her own two feet. Yeah. And Rosie told me one of the longest and most daunting parts of her journey around the world was her trek through the dense forests of Siberia. Stretching from the Ural Mountains to the Pacific Ocean, Siberia is over 3,000 miles across. She was very alone during this part of her journey, and it was here that she had some of her most frightening encounters. I was in my tent on a nice summer evening in Siberia. I was quite happy because the snow had gone, and it's a very, very beautiful part of the world. And I was just uh, going to go into my tent, which I had then, and a man just jumped out of the trees in the moonlight and ran straight at me with his eyes bulging, it seemed, with fear and, and rage. Can you imagine being all alone in the forest at night, far, far away from any town or village, only to see a man jump out of a tree and run at you? It's very hard to imagine and would be very scary. Anata, what does that make you feel? <laughs> just scared, like someone just creeping up on you and said, I would be running. Yeah, I would too. I would be running very fast, very far. Or taking something like, <gasps> get away. <laughs> something like that. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know any self-defense, Anata? Uh, I know how to push someone over easily. I've done that a lot of times. <laughs> that would be a great start. <laughs> yes, great start. Um, but it turned out the man who jumped out of the tree wanted to help Rosie. And then he confessed he, he'd come to invite me to a party. And I said no because it's two in the morning because I was struggling to control my fear. So I went to sleep believing it would be all right, using strength. And in the morning, the old man had left a little parcel beside my tent with bread, sausages, and a bit of a drink, just in case. Phew, that was a close one. But that wasn't Rosie's only wild run-in. She also had encounters with frightening animals, like this one time in Germany. She set up camp in a forest there and was jolted awake when the little tent she'd pitched started moving. Suddenly, she realized a wild boar had climbed into the tent with her. Eric the wild boar was in the tent, and I was in the tent, and he, not, neither of us could get out, and he was frightened. I realized then that this little pig was more frightened than I was. I never found out why she named the wild boar Eric or how he got out of her tent, but I assume he exited safely. Then there was her encounter with a wolf. I was in Siberia. It was a pretty ordinary day. I'd still got 10,000 miles to run and, and walk. And uh, I was making my supper. I'd collected the snow and brought it inside to, to melt it on the primer stove. And then suddenly a wolf stuck his head in the tent. She says it stared at her with piercing eyes. He, I was so frightened. My heart was pounding. He, I thought, please don't eat me. And I was all alone in 500 miles of wilderness. But then the wolf disappeared. Poof. Just like that. Off into the night. Rosie had some close calls. 
But the trip wasn't just scary moments. It also showed her that she could do anything, even something unthinkable. And that sums up Rosie's philosophy about life. Anyone can do anything if they work hard. When I was a girl, I wasn't much of an athlete, but now I've run around the world. She didn't start running until she was about 50 years old. And she thanks her grandmother and her local running club for encouraging her and making her believe anything is possible. If someone believes in you, you can do it. The best long word in the whole world is encouragement. By the end of our conversation, I felt invigorated, like I could do anything if I put my mind to it. Rosie Swale Pope agreed. You've got your life in front of you and never, never give up. And saying I can takes no more breath than saying I can't. You can do it. The best is a movable thing. It's a moving horizon and you can go further and do more than you ever thought you could. So, Anata, if you want to run a mile, a marathon, or even around the world, Rosie believes you can do it. And I do too. If you can believe it, Rosie has also run 27 marathons in 27 days, sailed around the world, and run across the Sahara Desert twice, all just by planning ahead and saying, I can do it. So cool. Thanks so much, Rosie. You bet. Bye, Anata. Bye, Manika. All right, Anada, are you ready to go back to that mystery sound again? Yeah. Here it is. Kind of sounds like it still sounds like papers, but now I sound I hear like markers maybe putting on caps. Hmm. So papers, markers putting on caps. We're thinking kind of arty desky supplies. Do you want to hear it one more time since it's short? Yeah. I have a hint for you, Anada, which is that this is related to this episode. And one of the things that we've talked about that you need to walk around the world. That's difficult now that I think of it. How could something running with shoes sound like paper? Maybe somebody running in the rain with some kind of weird flooring? It's a great guess. You're very close. The answer is that it's the sound of untying shoelaces. So that's where you were hearing the sort of rustly uh, slipping noise. Wow. Yeah, so you're really close. And if you're going to walk around the world, one of your biggest concerns is going to be finding the right pair of shoes. Or as we learn from Rosie, 53 pairs of shoes. Yeah, that's a lot. I wonder if there's a way she could make the whole trip using just one pair of shoes. Oh, like with some totally tough, long-lasting, ultra-cushioning, foot-funk-repelling super sneakers. Preferably with sparkly laces. To find out about something like that, we'd need to talk to a shoe designer. Yeah, someone like D. Wayne Edwards. I am the president of Pencil Lewis College of Business and Design in Detroit, Michigan. D. Wayne started a design school specifically for shoes. He's designed shoes for performers as well as all kinds of athletes, like Olympians, boxers, baseball players, and lots of basketball players. Ever heard of Air Jordans? Yep, some of those shoes were brought to life by Duane. 
But depending on what you're doing in your shoes, your shoes need to do different things for you. If you are a performance footwear designer, then you're studying the athlete or the person that needs this product to work, like to be an extension of their body. Um, if you take a sport like, say, basketball versus skateboarding, in basketball, you're, you know, somewhat moving in all these, you know, directions and you're stopping on a dime. The bottom surface is different versus a skateboard that has hard sandpaper that creates this grip. Um, but it's all in the movements and what the athlete is doing in the product that totally dictates how you design it. But what about shoes for a super walker like Rosie? I would approach it less like designing a shoe, but more so designing like equipment for her feet. Because she would need attachments that she could use, she can add on that would give her more support. Attachments that she can add on that would give her more energy as far as her feet moving a lot more from a, like a massage point of view. Um, and you almost develop this walking system. So instead of changing shoes for different occasions, like sandals for the beach and boots for hiking, Dwayne's idea would be to make one shoe frame that you could change parts for to suit your different needs. If it's snowing, you want to have different grip. Um, you want to have different warmth. Um, so it would be one foot frame that has multiple components that you can add on and take off based on the conditions that you're that you're experiencing. So cool. You could look at the weather and map your route for the day and build the perfect shoe on the spot. Genius. That's why Duane is such a famous shoe designer. He thinks outside the shoe box. Brains, brains, brains. Are we there yet? Yeah, it feels like we've been driving forever. Well, technically we're drilling, not driving. There's a lot of planet to dig through to get to the center of the Earth. But come on, how rad will it be to start our trip at the very core of the planet? Very rad. You know, now would be a good time to start taking notes for our book. If you want to write something, just hit that button and a journal will pop out for you. Oh, cool. This one? No, uh, that's a taco. This one? Also a taco. Oh, it's this one. Oh, oh, no, that one's for tacos. How about this one? <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. That's a taco. It's just over there, right past the taco button. It's not exactly possible to walk all the way around the world, but you can get close. Rosie Swale Pope is one of the people who got pretty much all the way around the world. She did it in 20,000 miles, and it took her five years. She also went through more than 50 pairs of shoes. The design of a shoe depends on what you need to do in that shoe. Someone like Rosie would need a shoe that could morph depending on the conditions. That's it for this episode of Brains On. This episode was produced by Molly Bloom, Rosie Dupont, Ruby Guffrey, Mark Sanchez, Sandon Taunton, Mayinika Wilhelm. Our fellow is Anna Goldfield. We had production help from Philip Blodger, and we had engineering help from Johnny Vince Evans. Our executive producer is Beth Perlman, and the executives in charge of APM Studios are Lily Kim, Alex Schaffert, and Joanne Griffith. Many thanks to Amal Al-Aze, Eric Ringham, James Raby, Ash Roten, and Megan Bryant. Brains On is a nonprofit public radio program. There are lots of ways you can support the show. You can donate, buy our books, or tell your friends about us. Head to brainson.org to find the links to donate and buy the books.
And remember, you can find an answer to the Moment of Um question, Do Spiders Have Ears?, on the Moment of Um podcast. Um. I'm so excited to read this list of names. It's time for the Brains Honor Roll. These are the incredible listeners who send us their drawings, mystery sounds, questions, and high fives. Scarlett from San Antonio, Texas, Ada from Albany, Oregon, Elijah, Amelia, and Faye from Colorado Springs, Blythe from Calgary, Alberta, Nathaniel, Joshua, and Audrey from Midland, Virginia, Shayna and Kaylee from Newton, Massachusetts, Jackson and Reese from Toronto, Ellis from New Orleans, Bonfilio from Mount Crosby, Australia, Juniper from Fairfax, Virginia, Asher, Andrew, Ethan, and Aiden from Omaha, Nebraska, Talia from Littleton, Colorado, Caleb from Toronto, Cora from Cincinnati, Kaylee from Howell, New Jersey, Maya from Melbourne, Australia, Frankie, Harvey, and Arlo from Wangaratta, Australia, Bowden, Ashlyn, and Cohen from Sparks, Nevada, Graham and Maddie from Cape Elizabeth, Maine, Ryan from Drakeit, Massachusetts, Amani from Brisbane, Australia, Eli from Jacksonville, North Carolina, Dunham from Amarillo, Texas, Josephine from Houston, Texas, Anna and Zach from Tacoma Park, Maryland, Vivi from Alton, Illinois, Logan and Caroline from Boulder, Colorado, Varchaz from Fremont, California, Wes and Robin from Wayzata, Minnesota, Sadie from Haddonfield, New Jersey, Amelia from Calgary, Alberta, Juliet from Chicago, Rainier from Seattle, Gloria from Alta Loma, California, Sonia from Homedale, New Jersey, Ophelia from Newbury, Vermont, Bee from Brisbane, Australia, Layla from Kalamazoo, Michigan, Ramona and Renee from Chicago, Gabrielle, Watson, Clark, and Atticus from Fayetteville, Arkansas, Teddy and Rory from Cedar Crest, New Mexico, Sandin from Camden, Maine, Mietta from Melbourne, Australia, Aiden from Lincoln, California, Joaquin from San Rafael, California, Lorna from Killarney, Ireland, Jack from Nashville, Tennessee, Winnie from Novato, California, Max from Newport, Ritchie, Florida, Juliana and Whitney from Madison, Wisconsin, Sophia from Green Bay, Wisconsin, Eleanor and Colin from Louisville, Kentucky, Noah from Middleton, Connecticut, Tilly from Western Australia, Zoe and Nico from Texas, Nika from Northfield, Minnesota, Harlow from Denver, Jack from Lidditz, Pennsylvania, Colt from King William, Virginia, Nico from Gainesville, Florida, Miles and Ari from Logan, Utah, Belle and Arthur from Winfield, West Virginia, Isaac and Rowan from Morgantown, West Virginia, Rhea, Ian, and Keon from New York City, Nora from West Hartford, Connecticut, Duru from Kirkland, Washington, Henry and Marion from Canyon, Texas, and Ruby from Sandy, Utah. We'll be back soon with more answers to your questions. Thanks for listening.